podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the 200th episode of the Nina Kowser Show. Oh my God. Started from the bottom with some turgid football, but now we're here. Not much has really improved in the quality after watching that game, you'd think. But the Reds are back on top of the league. 2-1 against Fulham. It was hard. It was quite stressful. I think we've all aged a good 10 solid years after watching that. But here we are. A nice win. And to join me on my special episode, I have two badass guests. Pretty much a consistent thing on this show. I always have the best guests, the best callers. Even my producers are right as well. But you know what? Let's introduce our guests. It's a man with a winning record, first and, first and foremost. It's Kuzi. Kuzi, welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks. Thanks for having me on your 200th show. I know. I know. Thank you, thank you. And you know what? I thought to myself watching that, I thought, can't break that, cannot break that, you know, perfect record. But here we are. It's awesome. And joining Cuzzy, oh, God, this is going to be a really feisty panel. I'm so excited because these guys have so many opinions between them. Joining Cuzzy is um, a man that went a bit viral on Twitter last week. <laughs> for his comments on Adam Lallana, it's it's a man that needs no introduction. It's my good friend. Um, he is just fucking awesome, and he does not support the New York Yankees. Just putting that out there. It's Justin Wells. Justin, welcome back. Death taxes and late drama in a title race at Craven Cottage. It's all God's plan. <laughs> oh gosh, I know. Right, you can't guys. Throw a Drake reference without me making one back. I think you were a rapper in a previous life. Um, I'd certainly buy your records over his just saying. Okay, guys, thank you so much, both of you, for joining us. Um, before we go to the callers, how are you feeling after that? And, Justin, I'll stick with you. Sweet relief. Um, mm. I mean, th- that's a performance where you expect Liverpool to go out, take Fulham out back and give him a hiding. And instead, we got... The late drama at Craven Cottage in a title run again. I mean, between the Benayoun goal and then the game there in 2013-14, realistically, this is absolutely nothing less than just the same thing where a a real crap Fulham side, we play to their level in a title race. So I hope that this one works out better than the last two. Here's hoping and fingers crossed. And what about yourself, because you're a man of many thoughts and opinions. So, you know, (laughs) let's see what you've got to say on that, huh? Uh... I'm all right now. Mm. Um, it wasn't too. I wasn't feeling too clever with about well when um when when Milner sliced that ball up in the air. Um, yeah, it was a bit it was a bit ropey, but um, you know how we do. We we don't like to do it easy. Um, so yeah, relieved and just glad we we've we've got the win. I haven't yet looked at the league table, so um, I'm going to enjoy looking at that later. Absolutely. Right. Okay. So we've got a couple of callers. We'll go to our first one. I believe it's the first time call on the Nina Kowser show. It's Ego Campas. Ego, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Nina. And congratulations on your 200th show. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. And you know what? It's always good when it's marked with a win, Liverpool, um, you know, respecting anniversaries. But I'm sure you have plenty to say. So the floor is yours. Oh, okay. I, I just had uh, two things that I wanted to bring up. The first thing was, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I felt that Fulham really came after us today. Um, and do you think that this could be, like, they exposed some weakness in us that other teams on the remainder of the season might try and come after us too. For sure. Um, in terms of a weakness, where did you think it was exploited on the field? Well, I think, uh, well, they're definitely playing a very more expansive game than other teams, which tend to have sat back a lot more have. I thought that they were really throwing men forward. And I mean, they, they were in there with a chance for the win right up till the end. Mm. Um, but hopefully, like I'm thinking to myself, you know, perhaps other teams might try the same now that they they got a sniff of victory. Mm, interesting. Okay, we'll... is it, yeah, yeah. Uh, is that what you guys sort of got from this game? That that it was more a lot more expansive than than previously we've seen against uh, bottom of the table teams. For sure. Okay. And what would be your second point? And then we can come back to you at the end. Okay, um, well, I thought also something like uh, an opinion I hold on Mo Salah is that uh, he's got a, a mental block on uh, like it, every time that he needs to score, he, he seems to be unable to score goals. So mm-hmm. I, we saw it last year when he was, I think it was when he was going through the for the golden boot or I think there was a record he was trying to break and he was just, he, his game changes completely when he's, um, when he's thinking too much about it. And I, I don't know if that, if that, is that Klopp's fault? Like is Klopp, should Klopp be handling him better as far as mentally, like taking the pressure off? Uh, Cause he, he, I don't think he handles pressure well. For sure, no, two very excellent and good discussion points there and uh, much talked about on Twitter as well as the game was playing. Uh, Kuzi, I'll come to you first and, we'll, and, and Justin, we'll discuss the first point first and then we'll, we'll get your opinion on the second. Okay, um, uh, Kuzi, I want to get your thoughts on um, Igor's first point, which was pretty much um, have people exploit the weakness because I did notice, certainly in the second half, there was lots and lots of space in the middle of the park and they were quite threatening and deadly on, on the counter. And I feel like, Whilst that was the case, I felt like, I mean, I want to get your thoughts on this, but a lot of them problems were pretty much our own creation as well. I agree with that bit, definitely. I thought, I thought most of the problems um, Fulham created were due to our sort of carelessness. Mm. Um, in the first half, I thought Fulham sat deep. Um, they, they did sit, sit, sit quite deep, actually, and they didn't really engage us going forward. Um, Alison was as as much a spectator as all of us, I think, um, watching the game. Um, I can't remember too many occasions they went forward um, in that first half. And it was just, I I can't remember how many sort of percent possession we had at the time. um, 70-something, right? It was really, yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was was all Liverpool. And um, it just seemed to be a question of time, you know, until we sort of created a decent chance to score. even after we scored the first goal, it didn't seem to really come out too much. Um, but in the second half, as you know, as the game goes on, and this happens quite a lot, especially away from home against um, sort of these teams that are in the bottom, sort of bottom ten. Um, as the game goes, 
they get a bit more confident. Their fans get into it. They sort of can smell that, you know, there's only one goal in it. And as dominant as, you know, Liverpool were, um, anything can sort of happen when it's only a slender lead. So I think they just sort of grew into the game a little bit. Um, Again, didn't have that many chances. Um, I I didn't see too many of our weaknesses being exploited. It's just, I think, carelessness on the ball. We gave the ball away quite a bit. Um, There were some counter-attacks that they had. Um, And they they pretty Mm -hmm. much came about, as as I said, through our sloppiness. I mean, I I remember we had a corner, um, and then the corner was poor. They break. Fabinho sells himself. He's on a yellow card, so he can't really tackle properly. And all of a sudden, they're, they're you know they're they're down on on, on our goal, um, and there was a few occasions that sort of similar to that, um, and not least the actual goal we conceded. But um, but no, in in general, I I don't think that they sort of exploited too many weaknesses of us. I, I think it was more sort of our, our sloppiness, and um, I'll be quite happy if you know if if the remaining away games that we have teams try and attack us, I'd be more happy that they do that than sit deep because. Mm. Um, we create a lot. Of, we create a lot of chances, you know, when they're sort of pressing forward, and we caught them on the counter a number of, a number of times. It's only sort of due to sort of sloppy finishing, or you know, not great decision making, mm-hmm. or you know, the sort of moves not really coming off that we didn't score more goals. I thought, um, but yeah, I'd, I'd I'd be happy if you know the re- remaining away games that teams sort of approached us looking to sort of attack us more. But I can't see it happening. If Bayern Munich is, is is sort of fearful of attacking us, I can't see the other the other teams doing so unless they know unless they need a win to survive in that sort of that sort of circumstance. But um, but yeah. Okay, so Cousy doesn't seem too bothered. What about yourself, Justin? Um, I want to get your thoughts on on the, on the discussion point there. I think part of it is just that the way we set up in midfield had Genie just looking very jaded and tired, and he had mm-hmm. me. He had to play because it was either him or Milner. Milner's played, you know. Milner seems to be the one who's probably got more fatigue built up in him than Genie does at this point. Although maybe that's arguable. Milner's introduction did actually give us a little bit of energy at the end of the game, as as did Origi. But we'll we'll get there. But I think also it's just the way in which we set up in midfield. Um, Lalana and Genie didn't really offer a ton, and it left Fab exposed quite often. Fab, to his to his credit, did destroy a lot of Fulham's attacks before they even got close to started. But it just felt like we were really missing kind of you know the bodies in midfield that provide the usual energy that we have have there and the usual industry that we have there. And even then, you know, because he's right. I mean, we on a different day we we cut them to shreds because we did create quite a few opportunities. I mean. You, you have Salah not finishing what I think uh, something where he was one in on the keeper and, and last year that's a goal. Um, you know you have Mane's header hitting the bar. We created we, we created more than enough to to uh, to score a few times. It's just the final ball wasn't right. The final decision wasn't right. And uh, the game itself, while you're watching it, it's tense because of the fact that we you know, we only had a one nil lead and then you know a two one lead at the end. But uh, it, there wasn't you know. Fulham wasn't really ever very threatening. And because uh, he's right, I'd prefer every single team to kind of step up to us and try to play us because I think on a different day with maybe a different balance in midfield or you maybe have a Henderson or a Keita, um, assuming that Klopp will ever play Keita, available, you you, um, you know might not have to play Genie there or you might have something that's uh, a bit more penetrative than uh, Adam Lallana. For sure. I mean, guys, um, uh, before we go to the second point, and we'll get Igor's thoughts as well um, to what you guys have just said there regarding this debate. Do you think the fact that we play Champions League football as well, I mean, maybe some of the lads did look a little jaded and tired and fatigued, hence why some of the bad decision making. I do think that does play into it. 
absolutely. I mean, Jeannie's looked pretty gassed for a while. And Mm. one of the things I actually did, you know, he played all 90 today. He actually came on and started playing better towards the end of that match when it seemed like he had Milner's, you know, energy off the ball with him. So it allowed him to take up just some better positions. But no, we we, we looked uh, a bit jaded and gassed in both midfield and at fullback. Sure. Igor, I'm going to let you come in. You've heard what the lads have said there. They don't really think that there's much to worry about. Um, I want to get your response on that, and then we will discuss your second point. No, I, I agree. Uh, yeah, the, in the first half, Fulham weren't, weren't really taking it to us, but I thought that, that later on they were. And what I was hoping, like, you know, other teams might, uh, might watch that game and try the same, and I think that would really fall into our hands. For sure, yeah, um, absolutely, and I think Kuzi hit the nail on the head there, saying that he'd actually welcomed that kind of chat, that kind of game and opposition where you know the opposition does come at us, which opens up the play for us because a low block sometimes we do kind of struggle to break it down if our fullbacks aren't being creative or the pass or the crosses aren't overly great. So yeah, absolutely. And Justin, I will stick with you. And the second point was, of course, about Mo Salah, um, you know, a guy that. It seems like ages since he scored. I'm struggling to score. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean he's playing bad, but Igor's um, thoughts and takeaways were, you know, maybe he's putting too much pressure on himself. Maybe there's a mental block in that sense. And I want to get your thoughts on that. He's forcing it. it mm. It's it's apparent. You saw it. Uh, you saw it on that break where he could have played Mane easily in, and Mane would have had. You know, one on one on one with the keeper, and maybe had to beat a defender, but would have still created a better opportunity than Mo has. Right now, he's trying to basically walk the ball into the back of the net himself. Like he's, you see it—the amount of dribbles, the start stops, the trying to just beat four men to try to get a shot, and he's he's just not playing with a ton of confidence, but still thinking that you know, playing with confidence means that you have to take every single man on. Sometimes, if you're getting like. It's not bad that he's not scoring at the moment because if you look at the way in which teams are defending us, they're they're sending two and three people over to his side. There's no mistake that Mo getting all this attention is allowing Sadio Mane a lot more freedom and Mane is taking advantage of all of it. But Mo just needs to probably work better off of those situations to move the ball and then move himself rather than move with the ball into those spaces. And that's how he's going to get a tap in. Someone's just going to have to pass him a ball on the line where it's square and he's going to get in because he's not going to dance through entire defenses when everybody's letting him get the ball, you know, at the 18 yard box extended and then just run into three defenders because that's what they want us to do. For sure. And Kuzi, what, what are your thoughts? Because, of course, you know, I think whilst the goal scoring might be a little frustrating, and luckily we have Sadio Mane for that, which we'll talk much later, but, you know, just the thoughts on on, uh, on Sadio Mane. What I find that he does do is he will, um, you know, sort of... I don't know. I think, you know, defenders sort of um, gravitate towards him more because they're scared of last season, but he does free up a lot of space for people like Sadio Mane to operate and be deadly and ruthful um, uh, and, you know, um, ruthless. Um, and also, I think... I thought he's, I mean, like little, he has little flashes, like the, the run back when uh, Fulham sort of um, went on the counter, he's tracking back. I love shit like that. Do you know what I mean? The effort is certainly there with Mo. That's, that's definitely not in question. And some of his best work today was actually um, in our penalty box <laughs> rather than theirs. But I thought Igor made a great point um, when he mentioned um, the fact that when Salah. Um, when he's approaching a milestone, he seems to he seems to play on his mind a little bit. Mm. I thought the I thought it was the case last season when 
Um, he had a couple of records that were approached. I think it was the, 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 the Premier League scoring record. And um, and also when the um, there was a bit of banter between himself and Harry Kane on social media with, with regards to, you know, I, th- I think it was when Harry Kane claimed the goal of one of his teammates. Was it Ericsson? And they're having a bit of banter about, you know, um, their race for the golden boot. And um, he seemed to play on his mind as well. And he, and he got a lot more greedy than he'd been previously in the season. Um, and as a result, I thought his game suffered a little bit because prior to that and we're talking about last season he was very unselfish so he'd scored all those all those goals and and at no point would you call him a greedy player this season um he's been a bit selfish at times and then certainly in the last few games when this sort of this 50 goal milestone seems to be hanging in the air it does seem to be it does seem to be on his shoulders and um, he's snatching that stuff and he's been very greedy at times. And I don't think he's doing this, the simple thing well sometimes. Like, you know, sometimes he'll, he'll receive the ball and you just think, you know, just a simple pass and then move off so you can get a one-two. He refuses. He doesn't do it. He wants to dribble, goal pass, one, goal pass, Do you think he might be a bit two. tired and fatigued? Maybe some of the decision-making might be bad because not only is that physical fatigue, but mental fatigue as well. He it has could, played it could be. minutes. Mm. It could be. That definitely could. That, that could factor into it. Um but um, I, don't, I don't know. It's it, it does seem it does seem weird that it does seem to coincide with these milestones. Um, yeah. Whereas you know when he's just just free and and and, and playing on it on instinct, he seems to finish a lot better. Um, <laughs> you know some of the chances he had today. I mean the one Sadio teed up for him. I mean he couldn't yeah. he couldn't ask for it to be easier than that. I mean it's and just it's on a plate keeper, yeah. and he hits it straight at the keeper. It's like mm-hmm. a an old school Emil Heskey finish. Um, <laughs> and the keeper's draw. <laughs> Stop making me laugh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's um. I mean, we, we we remember that sort of finish. Gabriel Cesar used to do that as well, just straight at the keeper, and just so so frustrating. Um, I mean, it's not a it's not a massive issue at the moment because Sergio was in such great form, but um, you, you you get the sense, or at least I get the sense that for us to sort of win these tro- one of these trophies, or if not both of them, he needs to find top form real quick. Um, I hope I, I just hope he can just get a lucky goal and then just you know get the pressure lifted off him and then sort you know he can just play properly, play his normal game. Um, but yeah, that's my take on it. Oh, for sure. Um, I think you both both made some really brilliant points there, and you know, like like you guys as well. You know, I want I want to see him sort of score some of them goals and you know finish things off. But I I do believe that maybe some fatigue is coming into it. I think there was some stats by Cyberundish on Twitter they'd played more than both of the other forwards 800 800 minutes more i believe or i don't know nearly 10 games more according to side brundish anyway now we've got two weeks off no international call-up so hopefully that serves him well i'm going to go back to ego quickly before we let him go ego you've heard what the lads have said about your thoughts and your comments about Mo Salah. they've responded i'll let you have the final say before we move on to our next caller oh yeah well I, I think Salah's been playing brilliantly. I think mm. that the last maybe month or six weeks, he seems to be playing a bit wider and he seems to be driv- dribbling at the defenders a lot more than he had previously in the season. <laughs> uh, I really like what I see. It's just his finishing. And I think that, I mean, Klopp doesn't have a sports psychologist on staff as far as I know. He takes care of that. And if I were him, I'd just be banning all milestones or anything like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, surely he can see what, what we can see. No, I, I think that's a valid point. Well, Igor, thank you so much for your call. Uh, thank you very much. No problem. Thank you so much. Okay, so that was 
Igor, our first caller, and now someone who's sneaking in from behind because he's got a run, because he's got other commitments. Quickly, let's bring him in. It's Eddie Gibbs. Eddie's doing a Ryan Babble, sneaking up behind us all. Welcome to the show. Well, first of all, happy 200th show, Miss Calza. Thank you. I feel, I feel 200 years old after that as well. Got the face <laughs> to match it and everything. I know, when that, when that goal went in, when, when Ryan Babble scored and he wasn't doing the uh, celebration, my only thought was of you and having to go and record this show if it was a draw. It was, <laughs> it was like proper mind-boggling stuff. If you'd uh, and meanwhile, I was thinking, how do I control Cozy and uh, Justin after that? <laughs> <laughs> I was more worried about Cozy when Daniel Sturridge got uh, 90 seconds. I wondered what Cozy's reaction. <laughs> That's when I started thinking about Cozy. <laughs> <laughs> I could just imagine Cuzzy when Daniel Sturridge got 90 seconds. <laughs> I want to ask about the, uh, the wide areas. Obviously, uh, Fulham left uh, a lot of space for uh, both uh, both Trent and Andy Robertson. Uh, and I definitely don't feel that space was used very well today. I don't know. Again, fatigue's been a word that you guys have mentioned a few times on the show. Uh, I wonder if there's a bit of it crept in with them. Certainly in the sort of last third of the game, if you like, uh, the crossing and the uh, and the wide play was nothing short of diabolical. I mean, we really had to go down the middle because they, those two guys were offering us absolutely nothing, uh, along with the dreadful corners returning as well. So uh, my thought is, why were the uh, why were the wide areas? Do you agree? Fatigue? Do you think something else? Uh, I just felt that against the team, pretty much in the basement, go definitely going down. We didn't exploit that uh, that little carrot that was handed to us. Cozy, I'll come to you on this one first because I know again that was something that you were kind of discussing at length on Twitter as well. You know, through in the game, during the game. This is something I get slaughtered on Twitter for for weeks and weeks, months, because I just think they should do better. The starting fullbacks. Don't get me wrong, I love both players, but <clears> um, the way we play with in, inverted wide players, right? One of the few teams where you'll see three strikers in the middle and teams just defending their, their box very narrow. And um, allowing fullbacks to just sort of bomb down both wings. I mean, most most teams approach us that way. Like they they will let Robertson and Trent have the space. You know, you pick your poison. You're not going to let you know our front three have the space. So more often than not, the Robertson and Trent have you know they're the outlets. Um, and I think a lot of the time their, their delivery is just is just not good enough. I mean, you get games where they, you know they are better than others. Like for example. Um, it was Trent's comeback game. What game was it again at Anfield where everything you hit was like Beckham-esque. It was perfect. Um, but the last couple of games not been the case. Um, was it the Burnley game? Yeah, Burnley. it might have been the Burnley game. Yeah, where he was fantastic. But today... Maybe you guys are just... thinking of Watford. Well, yeah, Watford, Watford, yes, yeah, when Watford, both of the fullbacks were on like, some mad competition to get as many yeah. assists as possible. Yes. Exactly, yeah. They were, we were both so off day. the mark. It's because, yeah. you know, there's just too many games. I don't know if it's a tired thing. Trent is is I know he's been out injured, so um, you know, and he's not played as many minutes as um as Robertson. And when when Gomez was was fit, he was being rotated in and out. So I don't I'm not sure if Trent's got that excuse. Robertson might have because he's played. I think he's played most like nearly every minute, especially in the Premier League. Um, so there might be a, a bit of fatigue there. Um, but yeah, so often um, they get in good areas. Um, behind the defence and just can't can't find anyone. And then at times they put in a good ball. Like today, Trent put in a really good cross, but there was no one in the box to to, to meet it. So um, yeah, it can be a bit frustrating. But I, I definitely agree with Eddie's point. Um, they 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 should have done better today, I thought. Um, and you know, it's it's. I think their form is going to sort of dictate 
not solely them, but it's gonna it's gonna have a lot to say about you know what we win at the end of this season because teams are gonna focus on the front three. So when we're bomb- when we're attacking, it's it, it's them. I think that they they um they've got a big responsibility to provide quality, and hopefully we get more of the Watford type of performances than than today going forward. Interesting. And what about your thoughts, um, Justin? I think, you know, because he made some points there, maybe fatigue. And, you know, with regards to Trent as well, could it be that he's just kind of finding his form and fitness? I think it's a little bit of those. And I think it's a little bit just generally how generally how we attack. Um, the goal that we scored, Brett, the first, the, the one from open play, Mane actually gets to the byline, passes in and makes a move. And everything's cut back from the byline. Right, we're not. It's not about necessarily the using the entire width of the field. It's about using the width we're afforded to get into a threatening position. I think too often we just use the width of the field and just whip across in because we run out of ideas and aren't aren't playing to still try to get behind a team even when they're anchored at their own six yard box because you can still do it. We've seen David Silva do that for years, where you know teams will play the lowest block possible. He still gets in behind them because of the fact that you find a way to work the ball behind. We seem to run out of the patience to do that too often. Today, we didn't in the first half. Mane actually gets to that spot and creates something. And if you look, Robertson on, on that particular play, it's in his side. All he's doing is holding width. Sometimes they just need to hold width just to keep everything stretched. It's not necessarily even about uh, you know what they can provide. They do need to provide much better balls. Like That goes to that question. I mean, there's one time where, where Robbo gets to the byline and doesn't have an idea as to whether or not he should shoot across that and probably should have shot it. So they need to just have a better idea of what they need to do with it. And they need to have a better idea of trying to find better positions to play the ball in from if the, you know, whipped crosses aren't going to work because every, every team defensively can defend those three in the air because there's not really a whole lot of size. And Eddie, I'll let you have the final say. I think both lads have put in a fair, you know, pretty much agree with you when, you know, given some fair insight into the, the situation regarding our fullbacks. Yeah, I can't disagree with any of that. Actually, I think they both summed up really, really well in their own uh, in their own unique styles. There, it was uh, it was the, the Watford game. Obviously, that was the one that you mentioned there with with Trent on his comeback game, and there's almost no doubt about it. That's a we didn't see a performance like that today. And I just wonder. I know, I know Joe saying that he thinks that uh, Andy Robertson's got the fatigue excuse, but then I suppose if you're coming back from a from an injury as well, we don't have that other option because. Uh, we loaned them to Bournemouth, so it's uh, it's that that one for me. I, I just think it's poor use of the squad again that we're having to rely on uh, Trent to have to play all these games at right back. Otherwise, you have to throw in uh, throw in Milner, which uh, wouldn't have been good after the Bayern Munich one. So that 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 was my point really. I think the guys uh, the guys summed it up very very well. So uh, I will let you guys go and enjoy the rest of your show. And uh, just uh, a word for Nina on that two hundredth again. Uh, I know a lot of you that listen uh, don't get you listen to Nina on these shows, and uh, the amount of effort that she puts in behind the scenes is absolutely unparalleled to any, what any of the rest of us do. Uh, and uh, she's an absolute gem, and we uh, we admire her very much. Her work ethic is uh, absolutely out the box, and uh, you'll see that with the two Euro Incision shows if you go and listen to them on AI Pro as well. So uh, so do make an effort. I think one of them we released on the free side. So if you haven't listened to that already, I don't know why not because uh, that's just the fruits of her labour, and that's the sort of stuff that she's. Uh, churning out for us every week as if it's a conveyor belt but we never see it that way and uh, we appreciate everything she does every single day too kind Eddie basically what he's saying there is I'm Adam Lalana of AI and I run a lot (laughs) 
<laughs> no, no, but with the extra, okay, with okay. The, no with chance the, of that. With the, extra, with, the extra quality, with the extra quality stamp on the top. <laughs> nice hair, shit clothes. <laughs> <Now Brandy. laughs> Enjoy the rest of your show, guys. Thank oh, you. Thank you, Eddie. Take care. Okay, so that was Eddie, our, our second caller. We're going to move on swiftly to our third caller because we don't like to keep them waiting. They've got to enjoy their weekend. I'm sure they do. Our third caller is Scott Chandler. Scott, he's also an AI writer as well. Welcome to the show, Scott. Oh, thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm a little tired from celebrating St. Patrick's Day festivities and probably need a nap, but I couldn't miss the opportunity to come on for your 200th show because... It was thanks to the Nina Kauser show that I got introduced to Anfield Index. And really, it's because of you, Nina, and this show that I feel like I've learned a lot about being a Liverpool fan. I mean, not only in learning things like how to say the word drow, but you know, just about the <laughs> club and what it means to really, really be a good supporter. So thank you for everything you've done over the past 200 shows. And congratulations. Long may it continue. Thank you so much, my friend. It's good to have you on AI as well. I love the fact that we can bring people on. But you know what? Like you said, it's St. Patrick's Day. You probably had a lot to drink. Um, I'm intrigued to see what you want to share with the panel after watching that. Oh, well, actually, I mean, it's good that the people on this panel because, you know, one of the biggest things, like I said, about your show is the community it's built. And my biggest takeaway from this match today was just how people reacted when that Brian Bobble goal went in. I mean, people on Discord went absolutely nuts. Gags was trying to, you know, calm people down and it they were having none of it. Absolutely none of it. And and I think it's my question is about that mentality and what it's how big of an impact that's gonna have on the run into the you know, the fan mentality. Because, you know, it's it's nice to have guys like Cuzzy and Justin Fom on Twitter, they're fantastic. They keep it real. If things don't go well, they're they're gonna call it out. They're not gonna sugarcoat it. But you know, it's also good to have that positivity like Gags does, you know, and say, Hey, you know, it's not all done. You know, we're not it's not lost. You, you gotta keep your heads about you. So wanna know exactly how you what you guys were feeling in the middle of that match and, and what kind of impact you think that's gonna have, you know, on the team, you know, as we, we go forward up into the final months. It's a great question, and we'll come to you at the end, Scott. But first things first, Cozy, I'm going to come to you. Of course, Ryan Babel scores. Um, I think, Justin, I want you to come in as well. How do you feel about ex-players not celebrating? I find it really disingenuous. I'd want them to fucking celebrate. It depends on the ex-player. It really does. Because uh, even though I thought that like his treatment at Liverpool wasn't great, um, if Andy Carroll celebrated, I'd be fucking angry as hell. But Ryan Babel, if he celebrated because of the fact that I actually have kind of a liking for him, um, I, I wouldn't hold it against him. So basically, um, I'm just going to say that my answer to this one would all depend upon my player and my agenda. Fair enough. I'm just at the stage that when you leave, you, you're gone. Um, uh, Cuz, you want to get your thoughts on this? Because I know you're a bit of a... You, you can have a bit of an arsehole tendency. If you you're gonna call him a bitch. Player. You're gonna call him a bitch. Admit it. You're gonna call him a bitch. No, I'm not gonna call him a bitch. I'm the bitch. He's, he's an asshole, and I, I respect that. If he was the next Liverpool player, I'm telling you, his shirt would be off. He'd be jeering the Liverpool fans, and that's what I love about Kuzi. Yeah, that that is right. Actually, the shirt would definitely be off. Um, thanks, though, for calling me an asshole. Um, In the <laughs> nicest possible way. <laughs> Um, I think um, it depends. I mean, Babbles is a bit of a Liverpool fan, isn't he? 
So for me, I think it's genuine. Um, you know, he's not one of these players that, you know, you get these players have played for like 15 different clubs and they've been out of club for six months, score against them and don't want to celebrate. Um, I don't really have an affinity with the club. Then for me, that's a bit dis- disingenuous. But I think we've, in, in his um, in his case, I mean, I've, I've seen him on social media sort of, you know, sort of big up Liverpool and, and follow the club quite a bit over the last few years. So um, for me, I, I didn't see it as, um, you know, as, as it being, you know, as it being fake. Um, so yeah, so I, I wasn't, I wasn't bothered with that. And I'm also not really bothered if, if uh, players want to celebrate as well. I mean, do you remember when, um, was it Benteke and, and, and Sacco had that, had that, um, that celebration at Anfield yeah. and everyone was losing their shit. And I, and I, I was thinking <laughs> what you're supposed to do. The two players have been driven out of the club. Um, you know, rightly so in sort of many people's eyes. And then you want to be pissed off and they score, go and celebrate. Mm. No, I've, I've, either way, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't really bother me at all. Fair enough. Now we'll get to the real question. I'll just quickly respond. I mean, if Ryan Babble is a true Liverpool fan, you know what? He should have put it over the crossbar because that would have been true Ryan Babble fashion. <laughs> Nobody would have bought an eyelid. <laughs> He's just fucking skied it. It's fine. It's cool. Okay. And Justin, I'm going to come to you for Scott's question. Of course, he's talking about we've got a few tense games coming up. You know, this was Liverpool's game to kind of take charge of things, you know, with that game in hand. And, you know, there was a lot of um, anxiety amongst Liverpool supporters. Um, I want to get your thoughts on, on the actual question because it's it doesn't come from a place of anger. It comes from a place of, in my opinion, when I see people kind of lose their shit within, within reason, I see it as like it comes from a place of concern and desperation of wanting to win things. If you show me a team in a tight title race that doesn't have a shit performance that they've won, and you know in a tight race, and, and, and think that that like isn't a regular thing, then you're lying to yourself. Like there's a reason as you know as much as we dislike him, Fergie coined the term squeaky butt time. It's not because of, United didn't you know during their runs to winning everything didn't have seasons where they had to win games with teams chasing them. So. It's one of those things where you're going to see shit performances that you win. The important thing is just that you win them, right? At the end of it, if, if you do that, that's how people whose names are like, you know, Frederick Shamashita get remembered. But then also how, uh, you know, you forget that Liverpool played Ali Sissoko a lot in 2013-14. Why? One team won, one team didn't. So you're going to, I don't think that you're going to learn a ton about this team week to week at this point. Except for the fact that you're going to see, can they just, the only thing you're going to learn is can they grind out results in, in, the, in the business end of the season? Today we did. Fair enough. Not the most, it's not the most inspiring answer, but it's just the truth. Mm. No, I, I think that's fair. And Cousy, um, uh, Steve in the, in the chat box is saying, be great, you know, be, just be grateful that they call you Steve because it's like my default go to name. And Arsol is quite an upgrade and a compliment and quite individual as well. <laughs> so, you know, take that if you will. Um, I want to get your thoughts on. I mean, because I think Scott just said you two like to keep it real. When you, when you show anger, I think it's real. You know, like when I see you kind of losing it on Twitter, I don't get angry, Cuzzy. You know, some people I read something like, I'll be honest with you, I don't think I've been overly positive in, in regards to, I do think that, you know, some of those games that we drew like really bother me. The fact that we couldn't beat City really bothers me. And, you know, if people are all hunky-dory, Barry, I just look at them like, and I think, how can you be so calm? We, you know, we were like 1.7 points clear. But when I read your comments on Twitter, I don't see it as, oh my God, he's just being a negative little shit. Like, there's reason, there's context to it. 
Well, absolutely. I mean, I, I just wear my heart on my sleeve. You know, I, mm. I react emotionally, you know, and I will express it. And I won't really care about, you know, who's going to be sort of offended or pissed off of it or whatever. As long as I'm not abusing abusing an individual, then it should be fine. I mean, it's like sitting next to someone in, in, in the stadium, you know, someone on the pitch does something stupid and the guy next to you says, fuck off. I mean, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to, you're going to, you know, lecture him about being a, a proper fan and all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's, it's perfectly natural to, um, you know, be a bit emotional, show a bit of despair. And especially, you know, of the pain we've been through as Liverpool fans in these similar circumstances, you know, we've, we've been through the ringer. You know, you know, we're not, you know, I'm not, I'm not expecting fans from other clubs to feel sorry for us because you've got clubs who have been relegated like many times over and never, never won anything in their history. And, you know, and, and that we've, you know, Liverpool has, has, has been um, a successful football club, you know, one to a second most trophies in the history of the game in this country. But in recent times, we've got close and fell over at the last hurdle, you know, on many times. So it's going to be, it's going to be some anxiety there that definitely it's, and um, that is the, the case with the fans, and I think it's the case with the players as well. Um, they all they all feel the pressure, and there's been occasions this season where you've seen it. Um, the Leicester game, I thought at Anfield, uh, players and fans felt the pressure there, mm-hmm. and and it's not a conscious decision that yet. Yeah, I want to go to the stadium, and I'm going to be I'm going to be negative today. It's a reaction, isn't it? It's a it's a natural reaction to circumstances, um, and you know that that's 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 what it is really. I mean, Justin made a good point about. You know some of Manchester United's title challenges. I mean, they've they fucked up a few title challenges themselves. Um, even though they were experienced winners, um, you know they've, they've, they've. I think it was the eleven twelve. They had eight, an eight point lead with like six games left, and they blew that. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a tight race against Blackburn in ninety four ninety five, and Black Blackburn won the title then, uh, and they were defending champions that season. So. You know, even teams with with the history of of recent success can can blow it. You know, City could fuck some games up this season, and you know, and and, and bottle it. You know, it's um, even the best teams can bottle it. Um, so I am not, I, I don't really care about performance at this stage of the season. There's seven games left. It's just about winning. You know, winning, winning. But obviously, you want to be nice and comfortable. You don't want to be shitting yourself with five minutes left. But um, if that's the way it has to be done, then <laughs> then yeah. Um, as long as we do it, but, um, but yeah, I, I'm not going to worry about um, of, you know how we, how fans respond to you know to to, to bad moments or conceding a goal or you know or any sort of those situations. Doesn't bother me. It's very individualistic, isn't it? Some people deal with pressure very differently. Exactly. Exactly. Like, and I'm often so amazed at people players. who say, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm often so amazed with like, you know, just a flip side, just, you know, just speaking about, you know, yeah, I, of course. I mean, like, I mean, compare just... Klopp to Benitez, for example. Mm. <laughs> oh my God. You know, God. Reactions, reactions to scoring a goal, look at Klopp running up and down the touchline and when we score a big goal or if we concede something big, he'll be, you know, arguing with ball boys at the end if we've had a bad result. You never saw Rafa doing much of that ever. And it's just, you know, one's not better than the other. It's just, you know, some guys are just Personality. better at keeping their emotions in check and other guys with their heart in their sleeve. It's just how it is. Can we actually just throw one other point that's out there too? That's a brilliant point though, that is one, because that, that applies to fans, everyone. That's so good. So good. And I want, I want to throw one other thing out there too, right? First thing first, yeah. Justin, are you a Benitez or are you a Klopp? Oh, I'm much more a Klopp than a Benitez. Kourtney, what about you? 
Sorry, that was a mouthful of coffee. I apologise. Cuzzy, who are you? <laughs> 200 show. She's still doing the same shit. She did a number one. I'm telling you. <laughs> Definitely more of a um, more of a clop. Definitely more of a clop than 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 a raffer in the, in those circumstances. Definitely. I think I'm definitely Livy Van Hal, you know, messing up players' names and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, um, Justin, I'll let you finish your point. There, there's a thing that we also need to take into account, like, as a fan base in general, which is we are, everybody projects what they think City is onto City, and it's a way of just kind of, like, taking the hurt that Liverpool provided to us and to, to you in seasons past. We have, all of us are still scarred with that. It's we remember, we remember 2008-9. We remember 2013-14. Some, some of us remember challenges that faded even before then. But we don't know that much about City, how they're going to handle the pressure of having a team on their back, too, because last year they won the title mm. by, like, January. Right? Yep. So they, there's a whole set of things that we don't know about how they'll react to pressure, too. The whole thing that we just need to focus on is just getting three points. Whatever they do, we don't, it's not predictable. So they could they could run the table and win every game. And if they do that, hats off to them. That's a way to close the season out. They can drop points. We could drop points. The reality is both teams are probably going to drop points that they don't want to before the season. The only important thing is that we just get more results than they do, right? That's that's all that matters. It doesn't matter how it looks. But we also don't. We also can't presume that we know anything about how City is going to handle having a team breathing down their neck who's now you know, two points ahead of them with them having a game in hand. We'll find out, but we don't know that. Absolutely excellent points. Um, I have to agree with you on that one, and it's something that we have discussed. You know, I think Sheree made, you know, very similar points as well, that, you know, he's holding on to that as well to see how they deal with the, with the psychological element of being chased down. Scott, I'm going to come to you. You've heard what the lads have said. I want to get your thoughts on, you know, fans and how they manage, you know, their expectations. Um, want to get your thoughts and also what kind of a fan are you in terms of a manager? Are you a Rafa Benitez or are you a Jurgen Klopp? Oh, I love Rafa, but I'm definitely a Jurgen Klopp. I mean, when we won the penalty and then when Millie scored the penalty, I let out a ton of Ric Flair woos inside my house. Uh, scared the dogs a little bit, so now I can't <laughs> stop myself from, from celebrating. It's just who I am. But yeah, I mean, I, I think you guys hit it on the head. No title challenge, no title run, even if it ends up the way we want it to, is going to be perfect. The team is not, it's not going to be all smooth sailing. It's not going to be sunshine and rainbows. There's going to be some difficult moments coming up, especially, you know, at Anfield. We have to play Spurs, we have to play Chelsea. Those are going to be tough matches. And I think that, you know, it's going to be how the fans respond when, you know, we do have a moment like today where there is a mistake. You know, you got to stay behind the team. You got to stay up on it because that's what you want them to do. You don't want them losing their heads and you don't want them feeling that kind of pressure. And, you know, some players will say, oh, I don't hear anything. But that, you know, when they're being honest, they admit that it does have an impact, especially in a positive way. So, you know, I think it's nice to be able to have, you know, go on Twitter, go on Discord and vent a little bit. And, you know, this sucks and this could be better. And why does it collapse, you know, play this player or we'll go with this lineup. But, you know, there's keeping it real. There's being critical. But, you know, don't let that overcome supporting your team and getting behind it and, and really enjoying it. I mean, I'd much, no matter how stressful things get over the next couple of months, I'd much rather have this than five, six years ago. And I think we all would say the same, you know, mm -hmm. it was bad under Hodgson, you know, it wasn't great under Kenny and, you know, we had a, a brief moment in the sun under Rogers, but there are some difficult, ugly times. So no matter how bad this gets, and even if it doesn't end in a title, 
it's still better to be in this position than it used to be. I agree. Can I just um, come in and say that I think um, I think this is going to happen every game. I think we have to stop trying to overanalyze in terms of how the game is, how they play all the time. Because imagine the pressure on some of these boys. They're quite they're quite a young team as well. Actually, there's not many old heads in there. Mm-mm. I think if you if you just realize the amount of pressure there is, I think some players have said it in the past. Uh, people come to Liverpool, they don't realize the pressure that's on them. You've got to be quite strong to be a Liverpool player and to be successful at Liverpool as well. I think the pressure is probably so big on these guys, especially after the seven point eight point loss as well. The pressure on these guys is going to be massive. So you saw. Even even VVD and Alisson are capable of, and Aaron, I'm sure you guys are going to speak about that in a minute. But they, they they got through it and they won. They won today. They managed to win and they got the three points. I think every game, all that's going to matter is the three points. I'll be honest. I'll just take the three points. All eight games that are left, seven. I don't know. Whatever it is, seven. Yeah, yeah. It's like they say in golf: no pictures on a scorecard, and three points is three points is three points. So. Let's just enjoy it. Hopefully it won't be as difficult next game, but let's just take a moment to drink it all in and really, really relish this because this is exactly where they want it to be and where they should be. No, thank you so much, Scott. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thank you so much for calling and your kind words. Keep calling in. Keep doing good stuff for AI. We really appreciate it. Now we're going to move on to my next caller who has just wrote in the chat box. I'm still shaking. So you know what? I'm going to bring him on. Dems, welcome. Hello, Nina. Hi, thank you so much for joining us. Congrats on your 200 show. Very, it's amazing. Very, very well done. Thank you so much, Dens. Really appreciate it. Thank you to you know you guys for listening and supporting all the way. Uh, all the time, all the time. Uh, just excuse me because, like I said, I am still shaking. I mean, there's just I'm running out of words to say about this team. The the tenacity, the just the fight. I mean, although we played awful. Somehow, somehow they just do it. And I, I'm, I'm in my mid-30s and I'm grey. And I think it's because of this team. True, very true. Um, when, when we gave away that silly goal, I just, I, I banged my desk in frustration in my study where I was watching. I was watching over a stream. And uh, I think it just summed my whole, all my frustration up because the day was just... <laughs> It was a bit of a shit show, and I was so nervous going into the game, but I think the boys pulled through, and as Scott pointed out earlier, I mean, just this is how it's going to be. It's going to be tough. It's going to be difficult, but somehow the guys did it, and here, here. Absolutely. I mean, I think I think you've made um, some really good points there. I'm going to use one of your little points there as um, maybe use it as a bit of a match analysis and Justin I'm going to come to you because um, I felt like we went one up and in second half we had a few you know we could have put away a few chances but then we had a few near scares and then we concede that goal and I felt like that's when the urgency came about with us and you know it was the most Mm. unfortunate time to concede a goal as well because we literally just made the subs as well and it was one of the subs that was part of the error for their goal but I thought the urgency came straight after, and that shows that the fight that Denz was just talking about there. It's weird, because it seems like, uh, for the most part, if someone scores against us, we take that as an, a point to get angry and mm. really uh, re- really go after him. It's actually seemingly in the nil-nil 
situation where we had trouble making the breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. it, it is good. It's good to see that fight back. Um, it would have been, you know, there's a point that's obvious to everybody. Would have been absolutely brutal if that game finishes 1-1 and the talking point is the mistake between really Van Dyke and Allison, although Milner plays his part with a horrific touch on that ball. But how, how unfair would it be considering the fact that the primary driver for our title charge is our defending if a game that would have derailed us would have been decided by a critical error by Virgil Van Dyke and Allison? If there's ever two players who should get bailed out, and I think maybe this is what played into their heads. Maybe it didn't. I don't know. I'm not one of the 11 guys who's on the pitch at this point. But bailing those two guys out, I think, had to have factored in some way because they've been so good for the entire season that, you know, once I said, once again, them having some sort of weird ability to be scapegoated, a la a moment that I won't mention on this podcast, um, it would have it would have been just harsh and awful. And it's not it's not the narrative that, that, that I need. And it's not the narrative that anybody needs. The three points is the narrative that we needed and the three points is the narrative that we got. For sure, Kuzi, I'm going to come to you and I've just got um, a quote here from Neil Jones from goal.com and um, it's Klopp on the Milner sub. That's impact, eh? Without Millie, it would have probably ended 1-0. <laughs> <laughs> you said that, Klopp? Yeah. <laughs> that is hilarious. He's hilarious. I mean, I was trying to get your thoughts on, um, of course, Denzi's points about, you know, even when they play bad, there is some kind of fight. And you can't, I think they've been consistently fighting all season. I don't even think we played badly. I thought we played, I thought we passed the ball around pretty decently. And just the final. Um, just to, it just we were a bit careless in the in the final third. But I thought our approach play was good at times. And Fabinho and, and Matip and Van Dijk were playing some gorgeous crossroad passes. Mm. Um, but final third, we were a bit, a bit sloppy. Uh, Sadio Mane aside, I thought he was fantastic. Um, Always. And then we had a spell. Oh, the goal was fantastic, actually. The, the first goal we scored. Um, but then we had a spell where um, Fulham had those chances. And, and we tend to have those spells in every away game where for five or ten minutes or so, we just seem to sort of lose the plot a little bit. And um, sometimes we need a jolt to sort of get back into rhythm. And that was what happened today where they scored and then all of a sudden we wake up. But at least we get the reaction, you know. I mean, it'd be gutted if we concede and then we don't really do anything and we just sort of meekly accept a point. Um, hopefully there was none of that today. We we would, we went after them. And, you know, if if the finishing is better, we win like 4-0 and it looks as if we played magnificently. So, you know, the, the game does hinge on, on sort of fine margins and, 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 and you know, small moments. Um, I thought we didn't play badly. You know, good finishing, and it would have been a, a, a hiding. Um, but um, yeah, it's it, it would have been a, it would have been a shame if um, you know if the narrative was you know we dropped points because of a howler from our keeper and our and our centre half have both been magnificent this season. It would be typical Liverpool if that were to happen. You know, um, last time we were you know looking like winning the league, our sort of you know our talisman is the one who whose mistake proves most costly against Chelsea. Um, it would be typical if the, <laughs> if if that were to be the case. Similar similarly this season, it just it's just a, the sort of thing we do. Um, but yeah, hopefully that wasn't the case. We won, and we can sort of you know forget that. You know, if we win the league, no one's going to remember the um the, you know the fuck ups. Or if mm. we do remember it, it's going to be in, in humorous light. Um, 
that mistake at the end there, which I thought probably was a little bit more Allison's fault than Van Dyke, but I, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about that in a bit more detail in a bit. For sure. Mm, absolutely. And then um, you've heard what the lads have said there. They they do believe that there is a you know there is a fight amongst these players, and yeah, I think it's down to the fact that the quality in personnel now, the fact that there's players who have you know there's. This team has made a Champions League final. They have some, you know, experience of reaching the, the top ends and they're just really desperate and hungry to win things. So I'll let you have the final say on what they've said and then we will let you go. No, I fully agree. I mean, the, the, the guys are right. We've just, there's, there's something in this team that just shows that they will never give up. And you, you're 100% correct. It's just down to that leadership from the back, which was a little bit lacking in some parts today. But the guys are phenomenal and I just believe that they're going to pull us through. And we're going to do it. Love the positivity. Well, Dems, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. And congrats again. Cheers. Oh, thank you, Dems. Bye. Okay, so that was Dems. We're going to move on to our next caller, the owner of Anfield Index, the pod overlord himself, Gags Tandon, also producer of this show. Welcome. Thank you, thank you. I've, I've been on the show already, actually, today. Have you done? It's you. It's like the Lalana fucking blocks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, matter who's all up in the podcast comes to Anfield Index. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not gonna block my own people though. Fucking hell, he was their best defender at times. What the fuck was going on today with Lalana? But anyway, um, I want to talk about two players who are, um, kind of like on the opposites at the moment, Mo Salah and Sadio Mane. And um, I want to say, firstly, let's talk about Mo first. I, was really, I feel gutted for Mo because I feel like nothing is going his way at all. Uh, he, made that, he, he missed that big chance. But I think by the time it got to that point, maybe if that was in the first half, the first few minutes, he probably, he probably buries it. But everything went... He was so frustrated by that point in that game. When he missed it, I could, I felt so sorry for him. Everything went against him. Every bounce, every bubble, every touch, it just doesn't, it's not going for him at the moment. And on the other side, we got a player who's now scored 11 in 11, 52 in 100 and, 100 and something games, 100 games or something, 105 games. Mm-hmm. Something. He's got one in two. He's just in a different realm at the moment, Sadio. And uh, the first goal was all him. The way he, 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 basically the pass he made to Bobby, that pass was on all first half, all first half, and nobody did it, nobody tried it, and I suppose it needs a right footer to maybe try it inside into Bobby, and then Bobby found him beautifully back, but um, it, it just showed his confidence, no one else was doing it, he thought he'd give it a go and it worked, and uh, yeah, I do think as well, you know, he's he's come good at the right time, we really needed him. To, to come forward and step up and do this. And, and, and you know, we can't complain about money. And uh, Mo, I really do hope it's going to come soon. It feels like uh, the bottom of the trend at the moment. It's got to come right at some point and he'll explode and the two-week break might do him good. And I want to know what you three uh, think of both of those players in this game. It's really mad, right? Because last season... Mohamed Salah was getting all the praise and apparently Sadio Mane was really bad because we were comparing him to his first season at Liverpool. And this season, it's, you know, the other way around. Sadio Mane has stepped up at this time of the season and um, Mo Salah's not scoring goals. It's, if there were a film, it'd be trading places, right? By, by the sounds of things. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, <it's>, it <laughs> you know what? Or big, um, swap. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it could be big as well. Uh, Kuzi, I'm going to come to you first on this one. Um, I think we spoke about Mo Salah, so we're going to focus on Sadio Mane. I mean, 
it just goes to show if you're confident and you're scoring goals and you're scoring them for fun, they just come naturally. Because right now, he can score a cheeky back heel. He can make a mug out of Manuel Neuer that he is almost immortal at this point in front of goal. Yeah, I mean, you spoke about last season um, it being the other way around in terms of form and confidence. Even as recent as December, I thought was the, the other way around, where a lot of us were very critical of Sadio um, and Mo seemed to be getting into his form, you know. Um, I think, I, can't, I don't know how many goals Salah scored in December, but I think it was a lot and his general game was really good as well. And um, Sadio seemed to be in a bit of a funk. But yeah, switch, they've switched places. If only they could both be great at the same time. <laughs> um, but um, no, nah, he was brilliant today. And uh, Gag spoke about that, the first goal. And uh, it was, it was, oh, I, lo- I love that goal. It was awesome. You could just see it coming seconds before, before it actually happened. You just knew what was going to happen. You just knew, you know, there just seemed to be a telepathic understanding between Firmino and, um, and, and, and Mane there with the, the way, that, you know, Firmino makes the movement, little pass inside or just through the channel. And then the movement just spins off into a like, random penalty spot, gets the ball back. Great finish. Perfect goal. And um, yeah, if, um, if we were to get a chance, you, just, you hoped it would, it would fall to him. And you don't always say that, you know, because there's, there's been times where he's missed some sitters and he's done it this season. But at the moment, as you say, it looks like everything he's going to hit is going to go in the net. Cheeky back heels, headers. He had a great header today that hit the crossbar. Um, finishing with both feet. I mean, the goal in the Champions League against Bayern is just is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. It's like a Ronaldinho-type finish. It's amazing. Uh, if Messi scored that, that'd be on, on repeat, you know, like every day for the next few years. Um, so, yeah, he's been he's been fantastic. And it's, it's great timing because Bobby and Mo haven't been at their best, I don't think, in the last few weeks. So, we um we we did we did need him to really fire, um and at the moment he looks like he could score. I mean he's got twenty goals now in um in all competitions. He could get he could get thirty if um if he keeps this up, uh, which would be amazing because you know you, you don't really see him as a out and out goal scorer. He's you see him as more of a creative player. But um yeah, his finishing is 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 just been fantastic this season, and he's just he's always a threat. Um, even when he's playing badly, he's a threat because you know he just he, he keeps going and he keeps going and he's always trying. He was getting in those positions, his movement off the ball is never static. Um, unlike Salah, who sometimes you see him get frustrated and when he's off it, you know, as Gags mentioned today, you know that chance at the end there. If he had that chance in the first few minutes, you thought he might score. Whereas at the end, he's looking frustrated. He probably didn't fancy him to score. Whereas with Sadio, um, I get the impression pressure doesn't really affect him too much. He could miss five chances and he'd still be going in there with a smile on his face looking to, you know, to score the six. Um, just seems to be that sort of personality. Um, but yeah, his form is, um, is definitely, I'm definitely appreciating it at the moment. You know what? I've got a conspiracy theory. I think there's a Tesseract stone at Melwood and Klopp hides it every month and whoever finds it has the power of goals between them two. I genuinely do believe that because when they are on it, they are absolutely on it. Justin, I'm going to let you weigh in on, on this conversation with Sadio Mane and Mosala as well. I mean, we speak about his goals, but then you, you just see the constant threat that he is because I remember at some point in the second half, Fulham were trying to hit us on the counter and he kind of presses, break, breaks away and this is a chance that um, uh, Cousy was speaking about earlier and he breaks away, runs with the ball, Mosala joins him, doubles up, tees him up nicely and of course Mosala hits it straight at the keeper but that is the threat that Sadio Mane is. I mean like 
he's just amazing at this point. Yeah, I'm going to give everybody listening to this podcast a hot take so, so, so hot that they're, you're going to get an instantaneous sunburn. There's nothing, wrong with, there's nothing wrong with Mo. He's still creating. It's just the goals aren't going in. Mm. As an attacker, he creates so much space for everybody else that even if he's not scoring, it's still effective. The player across the front three that we need to be worried about is Bobby Firmino because it seems as if right now he doesn't get himself into shooting positions. He doesn't typically play anybody in. The only time, you know, he had the assist today. That's a ball where basically anybody who's standing on that byline is going to play it back to Mane because you just know at that spot, give it, it's a give and go to the hottest player in the league at this point. But the real problem is Firmino and his inability and, and the cheapness with which he's giving the ball away, missing player, miss, passing horribly and just showing uh, nothing of the vision that he usually shows. Mo, I just think that what's going to happen is he's just going to hit a worldie in the next match or two, and it's just going to all and, and the floodgates are going to open. We all know that once he scores, the floodgates will open because that confidence for him seems to go on a switch. But for me, it's just Bobby being so kind of wasteful or not really sure of what his role is. That's really the the, the problem across the across the front three. Although there's no real problem with Sadio Mane right now. I mean, he's just incredible. Everything he seems to do uh, is, is coming off and and. That goal, you know, Gags, Gags brings up the fact that that particular ball into the channel and back in, and back in off the byline um, was there all day. Yeah, we need to do more of that. Get the ball deeper against teams that are going to play low blocks and just force that force everything, at, all the action at the uh, the six yard box instead of the eighteen yard box, and we'll find more success. And it's something we can do because we have players who have the technical profile to actually get the ball there and do it. So it's nice to see that. I just want to see more of it. Fair enough, Gags. I'll let you come in. Nothing much, really. Nothing more to add. I think they're both they're right in their own ways. Whatever they've, they've both said, I, I think Justin was mentioning it earlier on Discord as well. Um, the same thing. So um, it's. I think we should just have a nice two week break now from everything and just and just revitalize ourselves more than anything. And you know what's lovely about it is that City's game is is not is is not until Saturday in two weeks time or whatever just under two weeks so we can sit on the top and boil some piss on twitter for a bit and uh, and have a good time really and just try and try and get into their heads for a bit for once that's what we need to do we've been losing the psychological battle um all year so far we need to try and get that edge we need to try and get an edge somehow and uh, it's nice to be ahead in the race for once and um spares at home i'd be confident for we always do well against them at home, and I think we'll have something to prove as well um, to 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 everyone. Another statement: we need a statement win at home in 2019. We've done the away one at Bayern. We need one at home, so I'm really looking forward to uh, going to that and attending that game. Should be loud. Nice. Well, thank you so much for calling. No worries. Well done, Nina. Think... Oh, thank you. Well done. I'll speak about it later. Okay. Where's my Rolex? Anyway, moving on. So, Cozy and Justin, I've got just the two of you now. There's no callers. Um, I want to talk about this. Who was at fault for their goal? Um, because it, we make the sub. Of course, Milner plays that ropey pass. Um, Van Dyke, there was arguments that he should have cleared it, but then Alisson was quite hesitant. Babel just sneaks in behind them and just the easiest goal he'll possibly ever, ever score. And you expect better from that defence to have better communication considering they are constantly speaking to each other all the time. So I want to get your thoughts on that because we might have just discussed the key moments of the game and that, of course, was a key moment. So, um, uh, 
Kuzi, I'll come to you first on this one. If I could only um, give the, put the blame on one person, I'm going to say it's Alison's fault. Um, because I think he can catch that headed, headed pass from, um, from, from Van Dyke pretty easily. But he doesn't even try to catch it. He, he goes in with his feet first. As if the as if the pass was played back to him with the with the feet, I don't understand why he's trying to go feet first to a ball that was headed back to him. Um, so if I'm going to assign blame on one person, it's going to be him. Um, obviously, the Milner's um, clearance is is absurd. Um, I don't know what he's doing. Slices the ball up in a million miles in the sky. <clears throat> Literally just comes back. on as well, right? Yeah, it's his first touch, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It was like Colo Torre against Fulham in 2013-14. You have a lot of references about Fulham 13-14, Justin. You've really studied up. That game was a classic. Um, <laughs> what? But I, I was thinking just now. What? What? What could Van? What should Van Dyke have done there? What? What should? What should he have done? Should he have? Because he can't head it back to the keeper with more power because he's scared to score an own goal, right? Um, he doesn't want to head it past the keeper. The ball is in the air, so he can't kick it clear. So should he be heading it out? Should he be heading it out for a for a corner, or should he be heading it sort of wide? What he what, can chest what, it there as well because he, he can chest it and just hoof anything better than hoof. what he did. Yeah, even if he headed it, Allison saves that. No, a little bit better. It was it was too it was too low. It was too I low. And Babel causes the confusion is, for me. I think the head is probably too soft. That's but, what I mean. Um, yeah, but um, I don't know about chesting and clearing when the ball's awkwardly like high on head height and he's got he's got babble stamp stampede behind him i don't know i i i put on allison i think he should have came and caught that justin what about yourself i uh i put it on virgil i think he has to know that it's ryan babble a player who's not gonna cause a ton of harm to him behind him i think he can either like accent he can chest it he can take that down and turn the other way and just boot it he has a lot of options he picks the worst one and yeah, Allison can be better. Milner can be better on it, but Virgil, um, Virgil could has the the most different decisions that he could possibly make on that ball, and he and he chooses the wrong one. Like Milner, the only option he has is to try to hit that clear. He just fluffs the clearance. Allison's only option is that he has to is that he has, he has to come out and try to get it. <clears throat> All right, so Allison had two options. He could he could maybe try to catch it or do what he did. He chose wrong. But Virgil had like three or four different things he could have done, mm. and he chose the worst one. So I'm going to put it on him. To be fair also, and this is the kind of thing you like seeing, Virgil took responsibility for it and just said, it's my fault, won't happen again after the game during the in the next area. So um, it's good to see someone just take leadership and just destroy the possibility of anybody throwing anybody else under the bus. Absolutely, yeah, I, think, I completely agree with you. That's what you want there. That's, that's leadership, you know. Mm. I that, that, that's, the, that, that's the opposite of Ben Roethlisberger, and um, I think Justin will know. I'm, I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. Reference. Oh yeah. <laughs> Can you not do that, please? Some of us know very little. Well, Ben Roethlisberger is not a quarterback you should ever root for. Is the point of that? Oh, okay. And I know in what sport you use a quarterback, so I feel quite smug with myself right now, people. <sighs> Just putting that out there. You're going to say ice hockey? What? <laughs> no, no, it's NFL, you asshole. Even I know that much. Yeah, what's NFL? What's the sport? National Football League. <laughs> is that what it stands for, NFL? Yes, but what sport is it? It's American football. Thank God. I'm testing you on your 200 show about football. 
Well, there you go. That shut you up. Anyway, we're going to move. I'm, I'm going to give my little thoughts on that. I, I thought, yeah, Milner could have done better with the clearance, but, you know, completely makes a hash of it. I think the reason why people might blame Alison is because obviously he's the last point of to clear that. But I think he thought Van Dyke has that cleared, hence why he was hesitant and came out much later. And it was just a bad decision. I, in those instances, I'd even have Virgil van Dijk just hoof it anywhere but where he, where it went. So, in my opinion, I think for me, the all, the entire problem starts from James Milder. But for me, it is Virgil van Dijk because I expect better from him because that man has neat. He's such a tidy player, and I expect better. So those are my thoughts on that. Guys, we're going to move on to the next thing. And, you know, we're speaking about James Milner. He came through on the other end. Um, He wins a penalty. But apparently, Tim Cahill didn't think it was a penalty, despite Sadio Mane being wrestled to the ground by Fulham's goalkeeper. So please tell me, <laughs> how can that not be a penalty when I have seen some piss-poor decisions of penalties? And I can even speak about the FA Cup game last night. Yes. Tim Cahill, Phil Neville, uh, any any Evertonian basically is complaining about that being a penalty or not being a penalty. Show them the difference in the amount of contact between that versus Lovren on Cal on uh, Dominic Calvert Lewin last year at Anfield, and then just tell them to shut up. Absolutely, I mean, Cousy, it's ridiculous, right? I mean, how can you say that was not a penalty? How it's you didn't so have to watch okay. the replay? Yeah. Stonewall penalty. It's not even a debate. <laughs> it's not yeah, even there was a debate. no protest from it's Fulham as well. There was actually no. not. Yeah. The keeper looked gutted rather than rather than angry. Um, that that says it all. You know, they knew they, they knew Fulham knew it was a, it was a, did, did Fulham's manager complain? None of the players did. Um, yeah, it's a it's an absolute stick on pen. No debate. For sure. And now let's speak about the man that scored it. I mean, I think Gags put out a tweet that, you know, um, so much pressure and for him to step up and take that. I mean, that was a massive pressure penalty, right? Because I think backs were up against the wall at that point. I think, you know, there was that shit. Is this, is this the moment that Liverpool have, you know, pretty much blown their title chances? It was that kind of moment. So, you know, James Milner, you've got to give him respect. I think, Cousy, uh, you speak about him a lot, being a, a nice man in those situations. Oh yeah, um, yeah. He's he's who you want on the spot. Um, I, I'm going to steal Justin Stander here, but it was similar to when I think we won a penalty at Fulham, didn't we? In thirteen fourteen, <laughs> yeah. Um, Gerard Gerard stepped up to slot home under under immense pressure. So yeah, it was a similar situation. Um, but yeah, I didn't just he just approaches the ball with so much confidence. Um, I expect him to score when he's when he's on the spot. Just expect him to bury it, and. Um, yeah, it's just no surprise that he did. And whether it goes in the middle of the goal or corners, you don't care. As long as that smacks the back of the net, that's it. It's fantastic, on it. For sure. Um, Justin, same to you about the question about the you know James Milner taking the penalty. And Steve, um, Steve Pizza, Steve P says Stonewall penalty. Great job, vice captain. Wonder if Salah would have taken it had we been one nil up. Yeah, Salah shouldn't take a penalty if Milner's on the pitch. It's 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 Milder's our best penalty taker. He's what he's hit thirteen of his last fourteen. I'll take those odds, right? Salah, decent penalty taker. We've seen him miss. But the most important thing is, what does James Milner have that nobody else on this team has? The experience of winning the Premier League. I was going to say Vibina in his veins. <laughs> no, it's true, but it's just he's a player who you know what he's he's 
he's seen pretty much anything you can see that the Premier League has thrown at you. He knows how to handle it. And if there's a guy who I want, you know, taking that particular spot kick in that spot, it's him. Do I want him doing every single thing? And do I view his, you know, his having one as a, a, a bit part player for City? Uh, you know, do I take that as the end-all, be-all of his experience, and that's why he should be in every single side that we play for the rest of the season? No, but he's a big-game player who knows how to win in big spots, knows how to help a team win in big spots, and those are things that I think are totally valuable from in, in an intangible manner that nobody else that we have on our team has. Fair enough. Uh, so um, I think we pretty much discussed everything there. Guys, um, I think we are pretty much at the end of the Nina Casa show. Is there anything you want to get off your chest? Maybe one final, any final thoughts? Before we move on to Man of the Match, any takeaways from the game? I mean, can we briefly discuss Lalana? <laughs> yeah, go for it. What did you make of his performance today? I thought he put the same exact performance in he did last week. He passed the ball slightly more accurately, actually, if you look at the numbers. But the reality is, same thing as last week. He doesn't have the creativity to make a difference. It's a little bit of extra energy, and a player who plays slightly forward, for, you know, commits another body forward. Today, he got in the way a little bit. The last week, he didn't. But we shouldn't sit there and act like this is the rebirth of a player who's going to come in and make a massive difference in our ability to attack. He's, um, he's, a, he, he's a goodish squad player. Nothing more. I think that's fair. And, you know, again, I, I had zero qualms about him playing against Fulham City. What about yourself, Cousy? What did you make of, of him? Um, he won the ball back in some key areas, maybe four or five times. Um, I'd be interested to look at um the stats on and the pressure podcast when when Gags does the pressing stats for it. Um, because I did I, I noticed about five times when he done it, and each time to the delight of Jim Beglin. Um, he really he really seemed to enjoy <laughs> enjoy each time he did it. Um, but yeah, Justin's right. Actually, on the ball in attacking sense, doesn't really create anything. Um, doesn't really get into areas to hurt the opposition and he's not creating anything when on the ball either. So it's just like having another um, sort of functional player in midfield. I mean, on paper, it looks like you've got an attacking player in there, but in reality, I don't think you do. You have, you know, just another functional midfield player who, you know, I think Ginny could do the, the job he, he's he's doing and, and, and better. Um, but um, yeah, um, it's... it's um, I, I think it's in there as an insurance policy um, to basically shore up the defence, I think. Klopp has is, is got a little bit conservative in these last sort of stretch of games. And um, I think that that's probably going to continue now for the rest of the season, where he seems reluctant to put um, Shikiri in. Um, you know, so a game against Fulham, um, who are sort of right at the bottom of the league. Um, if you're not going to start Shikiri in that game um, with Henderson out, and and Keita injured as well, then I don't think he's going to get that many minutes for the rest of the season. Uh, maybe a home game against, you know, some lower position. Can't remember who else we got at home to play this season. But yeah, it looks like we're going to see more of Lallana, I think, um, with the, with especially the Keita injury. So, um, yeah. Uh, I we're don't understand why Shakiri doesn't get played. This is what bothers me, right? Yeah, that's, I, I think, I think it's, it's because the clubs, I think it's, it's going a bit more conservative. And um, you remember he hooked Shakiri off at half time, and we all thought he was playing great in the home game against. Um, was it against Saint was, uh, was it Saints at home? And yeah. we all thought he was having a fantastic home debut from the start, and then he gets hooked at half time because he wasn't tracking back or covering space or whatever he wasn't doing. He wasn't doing it. I don't think Klopp is trusting him to him to start at the moment. 
So yeah, I think you're gonna you're gonna have to grin and bear more all along, I think. Um for the rest of the season. It seems like Klopp's kind of got like an NBA kind of coach thing with him, whereas as the season goes on, the rotation of players he plays becomes less and less. Yeah. It does that does seem to be the case. And and more and, and you you're seeing who he's trusting less and trusting more at this start and part of the season as well. Guys who can run a lot and and you know cover space defensively he's 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 erring on on the side of those players at the moment rather than the um some of the guys who we might want prefer to play midfield who can sort of open the game up a bit more for sure and i just want to go on and say i know i just called fulham fulham city but i was reading an article on manchester city so i just like to clarify that i mashed up the names by accident so i'm just putting it out there i know fulham is not a city and he's part of London. So I'm just clarifying that this girl cannot multitask. Okay, guys. So that those were your key sort of points and takeaways that you wanted to discuss from the match. Let's go on to man of the match now. I mean, I know it might be a little hard, but I'm intrigued to see who will be your man of the match because I think there might be just one front runner. So I will come to Justin first. Yassi Ben <laughs> No, it's it's Sadio Mane. I, 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 who else can you have? The guy who scores the goal and wins us the penalty in, in a game that you've won 2 1, where nobody else has looked. I don't think anybody looked particularly terrible. I don't think anybody looked particularly great. I think we had one player who was, you know, he was the difference today. So I, I don't know how you can go in the other direction. I think that's fair. What about yourself, Cuzzy? I think you're going the same way. I'm going to go with Fulham's keeper. What's his, what's his name again? Rico. Um, Sergio yeah. Rico. I'm going, with, <laughs> I'm, going with, I'm going with him. Um, no, it's, it's Sadio all the way. He's been fantastic. He's been great. Uh, you know what? Zero arguments from me. It would be Sadio Mane. I think a lot of contributors well are saying it's got to be Sadio Mane. Shot car rate's not Virgil van Dijk for once. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. I think, you know, um, Sadio Mane has just been absolutely incredible. So, guys, thank you so much for all our wonderful callers. A massive thank you to all you guys that joined us live and were taking the piss out of me in the chat. I appreciate you, all of you. I know, Adele, I did not get the Rolex, but it's absolutely cool because I can't tell the time anyway. Um, a massive thank you. You get a big thank you, though, because you've done four and a half years of uh, amazing service on a post-match show. It's not easy uh, being on for every Premier League game. At the start, you did every game, and it got to, it got fatigued. Definitely got fatigued. Uh, but every Premier League game is what you've uh, stuck to for a couple of years now. And I, I still think that's some dedication to do every single game and make sure you've got time to come in and do a post-match show. I don't think there's anyone, you know, that would that would be able to do that for the the length of time you've done. Maybe post match raw will, but totally different, <laughs> totally different uh, setting. Um, I think this is this is different. So um, circumstances as well. So yeah, I, I think this started is... the show in a really really bad. To quote Klopp, we were in a bad moment. Yeah, back in the day, it was um, it was a shit show, but we still we still endeavoured and thought we'd do something different. And also, you were the first post-match show. I was. was never any other post-match show anywhere. This was the first one, the pioneer, the idea of doing it post-match, and you stuck with it the whole way. Four and a half years later, you've done two hundred post-match shows. That's uh, well, they've not been all post-match. There've been some transfer ones in there, Klopp joining in there as well. But still, majority of them post-match shows. That's uh, that's 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 good service, man. You should get a testimonial soon. 
Thank you. I did a world. <laughs> I did a world tour as well. I oh, you did a world, world tour one yeah. when we introduced the inter- internationals in as well. Um, <laughs> well, we had when we wanted more from. That was good. That was very good. And then you started taking your summers off. <laughs> I know, because, you know, look fatigue, at me, look at me, it's look a real me, thing. Look at me, still, uh... Chronic podcasters is a real thing, people. Yeah, no, but still, well done. You're doing amazing. Thank 200 you. shows. Not many shows get to 200. And uh, the, the main pod is at 200, but it's had a, a change of host, I think, three or four times. And uh, this one's still going with uh, one person at 200. That's That's pretty damn good. Well done. I'm waiting for the official Anfield Index announcement at 9pm and it's going to read Nina Kyle's show, new host, be Guy Drinkle. You're just throwing you know, sacked. She's done. No, thank you so much. I really enjoy it. I always will. I always say this is like my closure. Um, I speak about the game and I'm done with it. But thank you so much for every single person who's listened to the show, who's called the show, these awesome awesome guests that we have i'm not being funny they make the show each and every single one of them i'm just a stupid horse that ruins people's names um but that's who i am and you know what the biggest thank you has to be to gags because it was a gamble and it could have gone horribly wrong and he stuck with it he you know we made a lot of mistakes a lot of errors so gags no, is the you man. do that every week it's all good <laughs> no but now you just accept me for my flaws <laughs> You have to no, accept well me for who I am and not my potential gags. It's all That's, good, man. Well done. Yeah. And you know what? It's it's fine. You've been great. It's been a lot of fun. We've had a lot of uh, ups and downs on this. Really, really fun, though. It's really fun. It's at this. This is probably the best time. This is probably the best run you've had in terms of last eighteen months because it's been mostly positive. It has been. It's Jurgen Klopp and we're live now as well every week. I know life is something so that you were, which something that you were shitting off about. Because we listen live for the mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> Damn right, but well done. It's not easy. Being live isn't easy. Uh, ask Eddie. Being live isn't easy either. So no, fair play to you. Thank you so much. Um, thank you to every single person. But you know what? Before I go, um, I have two incredible, incredible guests here, so I'm going to let them plug some stuff. Cuzzy, um, uh, are you working on anything? Will you be on more pods? Where can people find you? Um, nothing to plug, really, um, unless I'm going to be on some shows upcoming that Gags uh, or yourself might be inviting me to. Um, Every really, single one you know. till the end of the season, I want to fucking win. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got, I've got a few draws on my resume as well, so um, yeah, it might not guarantee wins, but you know, ha- ha- happy to do it as always, as as you know. But um, um, yeah. Other than that, not really. No, just um, working hard. Still working on that novel I mentioned a few months ago, and yeah, that that and work's taken up all the time, really. Awesome stuff. So please do follow Cozy. He's actually one of the nicest people you'll ever come across, and a really really good follow. I have to say, I love. When I read his tweets, I'm not going to lie, I do chuckle because I know where they come from and he's just an awesome guy. And to my next uh, guest who is absolutely awesome, incredible person, Justin, where can people find more of your work? Um, uh, Also, what kind of spots do you cover on these podcasts and where can people find you on Twitter? Well, it's getting towards baseball season, so myself and Armando may actually revive the seventh inning stretch depending upon our work schedules, but that's a baseball podcast. Um, otherwise, actually, during this international break, there will be a USAI pod, so that's something to look out for. And you can find me at Twitter at Rolls on Shabbos. And if you don't get it, um, my recommended watch is The Big Lebowski. 
Mm-hmm. And finally, the, the point I always make when I come on here, there's a lot of hungry people out there. And if you can, you can do a lot of good by uh, donating food to a food bank. Um, I don't think you can top that. Yep, do go and help your local food banks. There are a lot of people who need food and need your help and support. So definitely do that. And Justin and his friends over in New York do an incredible job all the time. So yeah, if you can be part of your community, do something good, do something awesome. For my part, please keep it here on AI. Please keep it on AI Pro as well. Gags, tell them how they can get involved on Discord. Yeah, on Discord, just go to anfieldindex.com forward slash Discord. If you're an AI Pro subscriber, just give me a shout in there and I'll get your uh, subscriber level set up. That means you can listen to shows live twice a week or maybe more sometimes. Uh, You'll also be able to access all of the contributor areas where our contributors are, as well as um, subscribers as well. And you have your own subscriber area as well where no contributors are, so you can chat yourselves between yourselves there. then there's also the free area where we talk about movies, comics, other sports, uh, television. Everything's there. There's a lot of stuff on the free area as well. So if you're not a subscriber, there's still stuff for you. And that's where all of our uh, match stuff goes as well. On match days, it's busy and it's fun and, you know, people lose their shit. But um, I'm there to try and tell them to shut up and calm down. But, yeah, come and join us, anfootindex.com forward slash Discord. And if you want to be a subscriber of AI Pro and get all this content and listen to shows live, remember, this show is live straight after the game. It's anfootindex.com forward slash join, and that means it's a $4.99 per month. a year and it's a free week to try it out you can always give us a go okay so uh, yeah hopefully see you on that side awesome well for my part thank you so much for listening try keeping cool try keeping calm we've got a little bit of a break now international break i will be back for the next episode 201 till next time enjoy being on top and up the reds Podcast Network.